0: This is a Honky Tonk Man, the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time in the WWE. And you're listening to VOC Nation. You know why you don't want me on your radio show because you know the ratings will go through the roof, you'd make a lot of money, and that way you keep me off, that way you will stay always broken. I'm going to come on this radio show someday, but I don't know when. I don't like money, you mother. I can't say that. Okay, good. Coffee fuck suckers wrestling with history worldwide the voc nation wrestling network episode number four the voice of choice bruce Wurt and namar wells namar remember when we used to call you king magnus is that still something that i can call you is that is that a preferred name yes please but your preferred preferred nouns yes please (laughs) king magnus namar wells and Uh, episode number four so namar last time we were together we did the the we started down the road of your top five wrestlers of all time and we only got we only got two in macho man randy savage and bobby the brain Ean. and so today i was thinking we would finish your top five and then we'd go into my top five that sounds like a good plan
1: Absolutely, and also we can't forget. I just remembered this, and I did not put this on the list, but I can add that in. Um, we also have to remember, if we can fit it in with this show, the list of people that you absolutely hated seeing. Because I have strong thoughts on Hillbilly Joe, <laughs> strong thoughts on Hillbilly Joe, I and you mentioned him, so <laughs> I can't That's wait. One to of my top five
0: there, right? uh, worst of all time. I'll run right.
1: again. Yeah, it, I, I don't know if you want to get to it in this show. But definitely that's something that we should talk about because, um, and I think that would lead into maybe maybe doing a Hillbilly Jim review because I and just to give you a brief thing, I hated the gimmick. I hated everything about him um, except for the look. I, I I figured, I said, well, somebody that looks like that, that, that it's that tall, he's that big. He should have been called Man Mountain Jim or something like that. And he should have been, a, a, a giant, you know, one of the the lower tier giant bruisers, like a Big John Stud or an Akeem. I mean, he was their size. He he came in and out over the top rope. Um, surprisingly, it, and and you know, they said there was controversy with uh, Big John Stud with Andre going over the top rope, but Hillbilly Jim had actually done that multiple times within you know because he was a big guy. I wonder if he got his oil checked for it. <laughs> Ugh. yeah wrestlers are disgusting they um yeah lots of fingers in the uh in the rear with wrestlers unfortunately oh alright hit my theme music brother
0: America Voice of Choice Wrestling Nation. Heard worldwide. On VOCNation.com. The Insane Clown Posse. We can't thank all
1: you guys about no. whoop, whoop We understand our audience and we give them what we think they would want. We're about pleasing the fans. Road Warrior Animal. <laughs> Jake the
0: Snake Roberts the wrestling has changed so much Conan yo this is K-Dog yo with Bowdy Bowdy and Rowdy Rowdy Hall of Fame ring announcer Howard Finkel Brilliance was Bobby Heenan's middle name Lex Luger God's giving me a whole new perspective on wrestling and the fans WWE Hall of Famer Jimmy Superflesh the brother, thanks for having me on your radio show from the Jersey Shore the legendary Diamond Dallas. Bang Voice of Choice Wrestling
1: Nation i put my name in but again we're just waiting for a phone call you could be Moroccan, Algerian, Albanian, Greek
0: This is the best crowd I've ever seen in my entire life
1: I love cheesecake How do you rather respond to his ludicine? Uh, Malcolmania
0: And I don't think Hollywood's ready for Malcolmania But we'll Jim the Anvil Nighthawk Your talk show here that what I'm doing here is the best one Jimmy Hart I've been lucky every day I get up and look in the mirror and pinch myself The ninth wonder of the world China. I told Vince, I said, yeah, I'm going to wrestle the guys, and that's how it started. X-Pac. We're wrestlers, and it's still a wrestling show.
1: Mr. Scott Hall.
0: Hey, yo, I want to rock the wrestling world again. OneWrestling.com, Bill After. If it wasn't for Hogan and Vince McMahon, sports entertainment would not be in existence. We have a bushwhacker in the house. G'day, mateys. It's bloody lovely being on your show. MVP. I came up with the MVP concept based on everything that's wrong with pro athletes today. BOC Nation heard worldwide. This right here is the future of wrestling. All right, here we go. Wrestling with history. We're doing the top five of all time, both of us. And I think all yours came between 1980 and 1989. That's my guess. You know it. I win the prize. Number number five was Macho Man Randy Savage. Number four, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And before you get to number three, I interrupted you. No, you're good. So so, what was your – so your number three – of all time, I, can I guess? Sure. <laughs> Good. I'm going to go with uh, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence
1: Taylor. Good gracious, no. How though, about, uh,
0: Stone Cold
1: Steve Austin? Never.
0: But right, I like. I about, do like
1: Stone Cold. I do like Stone Cold though. Val Venus. Absolutely not. Jeff Hardy. Never. Kenny Omega. Who? <laughs> I know he's current. I've heard the name. Wait, is Kenny Omega the Japanese guy that fought no. the little girl? <laughs> <No>. So <laughs> Kenny Omega is the top star for AEW.
0: He's, okay. He is uh he, he's wrestled a lot in Japan, but he's not
1: Japanese. He's a white guy. Okay. All right. guard give it to us, number three. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh number three is Tony
0: Atlas. Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas. One of the people that I just couldn't stand on the uh, the convention circuit when we were on the road.
1: Yeah, Tony Atlas had a particular affinity towards Bruce, and he would tease you, <laughs> and um, in in a very crude way. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he once told me he was going to stick his. Uh, well, never mind. That's right. Yeah. The thing that got me most is is a happily married man three (laughs) times, four times, five times, six times. You're gonna gonna get wives three times, three times. (laughs) You gotta get a belt for each wife, you know. Oh man, just three,
0: one at each time for the record out there. But, but third and final, I got two lovely kids, lovely wife, love my life.
1: Yes, wife Mary, she's wonderful. Um. His little son Dustin. Oh yeah, I heard about Dustin also, Bruce. Um, I can't believe you know. You, you would think that you know, spending all the money that you guys do, sending them to that uh, that that private school, and 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 I, you know, I saw that your uh, your wife was very upset because they called him Stinky Dustin, and oh, he got boy. really upset about that. Stinky Dustin. We can't have that. We cannot have that. But your daughter's doing fine. That's little right, Gertrude. That's right. Yeah. yeah, little Gertrude. She's she's a
0: champ. She uh, she actually passed her speech test today Come and out. her guess the guess the different rabbit. There was like six rabbits. There's one that's different. By the way, you mentioned Mary, and I have to say this because it's it sticks with me all these years later. I met a Mary in an elevator at a wrestling convention. This is probably like 12, 15 years ago, fourteen years ago in right. California. I was with Bill after (laughs) and this woman right and and listen let me let me say this because i i don't want to get in any trouble my wife is the most attractive woman that i've i've been with right hands down and and probably that i've ever met definitely that i've ever met this woman was probably number two (laughs) right this she gave me her phone number on the elevator and Bill was doing his best to ruin any chance that I had. And, I mean, you know, the whole Jerry Lewis thing that he does, it was it was like I'm trying to get my my groove on. I was in between marriages at that point. This woman was a wholesome Christian too, Namar. It was it's like really? Yes. And uh we kept in touch for a little while and then uh she faded away. We faded away. She got mad because um I, I ended up with my my ex-wife my second wife and uh we we never got together you know i was in ohio with albert unfortunately and uh anyway long time ago but
1: uh yeah that was mary well, in the elevator well, that, Hi, that, mary if you're listening that actually is something that i did not know from the vault so that's <laughs> ac- actually very interesting to hear not surprised about bill <laughs> I love Bill, but I can totally see that situation. I mean, it plays out like a film in my head, and I can just see <laughs> Bill just blocking left and right, and the way—just what are you doing, pal? Like you know, you're you've been happily married, and this is a beautiful woman before me. Can I just can I just see? But no, but you know these these guys—they're uh—they're something else. <laughs> oh my gosh, what's going on here? <laughs>
0: Hey, lady you
1: know (laughs) it's
0: all right we tony atlas number number three and uh yeah not not my favorite and but one of yours and i see i thought tony used to mess with you too i thought i thought that happened but maybe i misremembered
1: no tony tony used to tease you um but the thing with with Tony is that that's one of my biggest regrets in life because I didn't become a super fan until after, you know, my time with the VOC nation and going to all the conventions and you think about it, like you, I've had all this access to him and um, I did um, you know, we did have a chance to interview him. You brought him on. And even then I was not a fan, so I couldn't really indulge, but um, I started watching his podcast and he is to me, he's got a podcast. He's, he has, he has had a couple, Everybody's um, got a podcast. Oh, every wrestler does. And you know, who's surprisingly very interesting is Greg Valentine. We have to talk about that. Cause yeah. you know,
0: he's got a podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, no. well, I mean, he's on YouTube. got yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a story for him not wanting to be bothered with us. Um, when we, we had, when we met him, um, and uh, so he um he he's actually surprisingly very it's funny how some guys can be dull on the screen um because I always thought he was boring um and 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 you know just a dull personality but he actually is a, a pleasure to listen to and and so um you you find out that the certain people who you thought were exciting are actually boring and vice versa and everything else but with tony atlas i think he has the most based and real Um, wrestling conversations I think that he is far more intelligent than he is given credit for I think because he doesn't speak well and then I don't know he has a whole nasal thing going on where it it makes the words come out even crazier you know I I mean he he has to be suffering from something going on but I think Tony is far more intelligent than he is given credit for and he also has some of the most amazing matches he really in, in my idea and this is just a personal opinion In a lot of ways, he was, for a moment in time, almost like a proto-Hulk Hogan. And if you were to watch his match with Hulk Hogan from 1981 Madison Square Garden, that's one of the best wrestling matches of all time anyway. I mean, it is just like two equals going at it. Hogan's the heel, right? But Atlas is wearing yellow. (laughs) He actually hulks up. Hogan throws in somehow to get into a corner and Atlas does a shoulder thing. That was his version of like hawking up, right? And he does the cup to the ear. So it's like all of this stuff is going on in the match years prior to where Hogan would capitalize on bringing all of those things, because, you know, all of that, I mean, Tony Atlas was not the originator of any of what I just mentioned, you know, but Hogan was able to bring it all together. But it is weird to see a guy who in stature, he was not as tall as Hogan, Um, you know, but he he was a contender um in that realm of a, the big strong guy. And Tony was fast and he has the single best dropkick. He is my favorite drop kick. Um, And for a muscle-bound guy to be able to leap in the air and and do that, the drop kick, uh, the way he does it is impressive. Um, I love his press slams. He actually slammed a uh, pre King Kong Bundy Chris Canyon. Oh, okay.
0: A uh, squash match when Bundy was working uh, uh, undercard
1: matches in WWE. Right, when he had hair. I will actually send you that video because I actually had that match. Um, it, it's a it's a rare one and uh, he actually presses him and one of the things I like about Tony's press slam is that and it took me a while to notice because he doesn't always like with Hulk Hogan he doesn't like hold him straight up in the air when he, when he does the gorilla press but what he does which most wrestlers don't do he holds the person in front of him he doesn't rest the person on his head and then gets his bearings and then lifts them up off his head he actually holds them in front of him and he lifts them up from that standpoint. And he, th- I, I mean, the way he would throw Hulk Hogan, is, you know, to press him that, you know, Hogan was bigger back then he had to have been. And he would be like 320 or whatever. And he would literally throw him. And, and it was, it's an impressive sight to see. Um, I think that Tony Atlas in another universe could have been, see, that's the thing. I love the Hulkamania area. Era, excuse me, so much that I, I really can't imagine someone else replacing it, and and I don't think you know I don't really think anybody else could have done what what Hogan has done, but maybe if Bob Backlund had a shorter run and Tony had a chance at the title because he was over everywhere he went, he always was a main eventer. Um, he told you the story about how black guys were regulated. They generally only kept two black guys. Right. One would be on top, one would be on the bottom. And so he said that, you know, wherever he went, he, you know, he was on the top. And if you look at his matches, he really, he wrestled the top people. And and he was really over in the WWWF and also the WWF. He did have a time, unfortunately, it was, you know, pretty short um, with him as the tag team champs with Rocky Johnson, who also is very impressive. I, I, going going back and look at those matches, Rocky really blows me away. He he, it's amazing. And you see, you know, you find new wrestlers that you like, and then you you start to appreciate them. You're like, man, what could have been? But definitely with Tony Atlas, I could see a championship run between '81 and '83 in some capacity, whether it been for a year, half a year, or maybe you know two separate times. I, I firmly believe that. Um, I think that he was over with the fans enough. I think that he had uh, the the ring psychology and the physical ability and look to really have done something um, really good for the WWF. It's just a shame that things derailed. And I, then this is this is the thing, Bruce, why I realized I never took the Tony Atlas was because my memories of him were 86 Tony Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in '86, Tony Atlas. I remember I used to watch. You know, I, I would be watching, and I'm like, "This guy makes no sense to me." I said, "He he's built," and I mind you, I'm six years old in 1986, so I'm like, "He's built," but he's he loses all the time, oh, and, and he loses in a stupid way, and so he and and then he also started, he, he would wear these flesh colored boots during that time. That just, <laughs> it's so weird. I that that used to disgust me so i I used to be like i hate his boots and he gets beat up all the time but he's the most muscular guy in in you know in the whole wwf at the time but yeah he was they regulated him to a jobber and so those were my strongest memories of him and that's why i never you know took to him but it wasn't until and this is the you know the beauty of being a hogan fan is that through hogan i discovered how fantastic tony atlas is as a wrestler and that really um really just changed my fandom. And then, you know, with him, with the, uh, you know, with the podcast and, you know, uh, you know, doing the shoot interviews, I, I think that he's, a he's, he's, he has a really good head on his shoulders. He got into a situation, um, not too long ago with, um, Dan chicken Fadi Maradi, you know, from Boston wrestling and, um, and and that turned into a whole debacle. I mean, it got really ugly and was you know. But he uh, ended up with I think Monty and a Pharaoh. and so you know I haven't followed Dan, up with who, him. Who who are all these people you're talking about? I've never heard of any of them. Well, Dan Marotti was I guess he ran Boston Wrestling, which was an indie promotion. But he <laughs> did he, you say Dan Chicken Foddy Marotti? That's what the kids call him. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That's what the, <laughs> that's what the kids called him. And um, yeah, so Dan Chicken Fadi Marathi. Um he was our age, Bruce. He was a young guy and As a um, real person. Yes. And you you can go look up Boston Wrestling. He would do uh shoot the you know, the shoot interviews with Tony Atlas, which I absolutely loved. Uh Tony Atlas has a couple of name drops. Um, if you watch a Tony Atlas, uh you just have to wait for him to mention Tommy Wildfire Rich. Oh man, there's a couple of them um he who else rufus freight train jones i forget the guy's name there's a couple i have them written down i have to go back to them i'm sorry i didn't have that information in front of me no
0: no, no, you're fine you're fine why do you think so real quick because we gotta we gotta move forward why do you think why do you think tony atlas wasn't didn't get a run like on top on top I think a lot of fans would say racism, but you can't, I, I don't think that's fair because WWF gave the title to Pedro Morales. Like they they had ethnic champions back in the 70s. So Tony sure could have been in that mix as a minority. Why do you think he never got the run?
1: Well, he he mentions that. I think it was a combination of factors and I really don't think racism was one of them. Um, I do believe that when he talks about what Vince what he and Vince would discuss and some of the things that Vince promised him, um, or that Vince ideas that Vince had for him, I think that 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 they are true. Uh, and because I can see it. You can see the star power in him. And um it was it was just a combination of things. He, I mean, he tells you he screwed it up. He will, he, he, he admits to just a lot of things. Hmm. And um, and 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 so it was just like just the the he'll 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 always be the big what if because um I do believe even with you know there's always controversy with Vince I do believe that he is the type that Vince likes and it, it is the type that I like likes so, uh well, likes and and how in what way uh physically you he,
0: or Vince well both I think that we you know I th- I'm I'm, I'm- <laughs> I'm using innuendo and you're not, you're not. I know
1: I'm, I'm all sincere about the whole thing. Well, he looks like, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm <laughs> really trying to define the, the physical look of him. Yeah. Um. But you know, and, and, but I, I like that. Look, people have a problem with that. Look, they call it the cartoon superhero look, which I'm yeah. sick of, but no, there's, there's a place for all types in wrestling. You don't have to be a meat and cheese Bar fighter looking guy there's there's all types there's big small fat short you know and um and and you know and tony atlas i think he fits the common idea of you know what would be the good guy or the strong guy or the strong good guy and and he definitely has that look and back then he he was not too bad on the mic i mean they could have you know sent him to a few speech classes i need a refresher course as you can see but uh he um see but uh but he uh <laughs> they just flow is that a philly accent i have to i have to really uh, look into that but yeah tony atlas is tops for me i would recommend watching both his matches um with him versus um hulk hogan uh he has spent time in japan um great matches with uh, mr fuji the missing link um, and through him, also, you get to see different territories. Uh, one of my favorite Tony Atlas matches is, and it's on YouTube, is him with, I believe it was the Rock and Roll. See, that's what I'm, I have to start making sure I get these things up. But I know um, it's, it's Tony Atlas, I believe the Rock and Roll Express, and they're going against the Road Warriors and, and who was their manager? Paul Ellering. Yes, Ellering. But
0: you and- can't go there, dude, because, you're going to end up taking the entire show with
1: half of your list again, and we're never going to get to any other stuff. I know. I'm just saying, check out that match because that match is awesome, um, and it's on YouTube, and uh, just a great match. So on to my number two. We've got the, gonna... cal- the counters at 20 minutes
0: for the show, by the way, <laughs> and this guy's only gone through one. Now, now we did take up like three minutes with Mary, but 17 minutes on Tony Atlas. Okay.
1: Uh, I got a <laughs> <laughs> all right number two number two is andre the giant andre
0: the giant that's that so i'm i'm figuring and i'm going to guess that your top two well i i know who number one is I, I was guessing that it's andre and this other person and so andre is number two and the other person's number one andre the giant it's like i i came into wrestling in 1988 february 5th 88 coming home from the supermarket andre hogan the main event and andre was a scary dude to me but andre was slow and lumbering and i didn't know the andre that you watch and i think that's the beauty of your fandom of andre the giant
1: it's based on the andre of like the late 70s early 80s right right and and i came in just a couple of years before you and it's funny because one of my strongest and earliest distinct memories is saturday morning watching the recap of when uh bundy uh came into the match it was a andre and stud match um canada bundy came in and that's where they supposedly cracked the thing in his chest um you know with bundy splashing him which is a great yeah the sternum (laughs) and and that was a great match i remember gorilla monsoon would say the capro pretubial cutubial i don't know right and then roddy would say yeah it's funny bone or something like that like would always that those exchanges we have to talk about the the those guys uh very soon uh, who were the the top commentators, because they're a delight unto themselves. But definitely Andre. I remember my earliest memory is when my mother and my aunt, they introduced me to the WWF. They were all about Hulkamania. And I was like, what in the world is this Hulkamania? And because um, wrestling, I knew about it, but I did not care about it. And, and you know, they were talking about Hulk Hogan. Then, then I heard about Andre the Giant and he was the second big get for me. And I remember my cousin had a blue book, a blue wrestling book, and it was one of the pictures where Andre's holding up the four w- women, and I just thought that was the most amazing thing. He had, like, you know, the two women on the shoulders, and he's holding the other two in his arms. And there's a couple of photos of that, and I forget what that wrestling book is, but that was one of my earliest memories. And so um, thought Andre- it was the four
0: women, but it was the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and... <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're right. They all probably weigh the (laughs) same.
0: Sorry, sorry. I'm gonna get get in trouble with a bunch of people, get some hate mail on Twitter at
1: WWHVOC. (laughs) Keep it coming, right? So, we we can do a deeper retrospective on Andre another time. But Andre was an attraction. I like the big guys, I love the, the guys that defy, um, you know the standard for height and weight and, and is, and, and some of the time those matches can be very slow because it's hard for those guys to move. It's just, that's just the nature of it. But when it's done right and effective, it's some of the best stuff. It's nothing like watching a, a big guy, just whack a guy and he goes flying and you believe it. Yeah. And, um and, and there's, again, there's all different types of matches and, and, you know, sometimes the big man match can go very dry very slow. Um, but when they're done right, they're done right. And to see some of the best of Andre, his, his last great year, in my opinion is 1983. And there are a few shots in 1984, but if you want to see what Andre could do uh, at the tail end um, in his steel cage match at Philadelphia spectrum with uh big John stud, he jumped off the top rope and did the, the big splash um, Andre did. Off the top rope in the wow. steel cage, and and he did the big splash off the top rope. It's it's impressive to see, and um and Kamala, when we interviewed him, he did it to Kamala in '84. And oh, we're doing real good to be a young man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you were, you probably don't remember, but I I had asked him about that. I said, you know, what was that like? He just said he just you know, you just hold your breath and hope that he doesn't kill you. And um I believe that's what he said. I'm paraphrasing. He hated I Andre the Giant called he, andre a bitter racist yeah and and i think they, they did they did squash it eventually i believe they squashed eventually but andre well no he came on our show this is i mean we did the show long
0: after andre died uh what 2010 and on kamala you can actually still get that in the archives just look up voc nation kamala on on Google and you'll see that that's on YouTube somewhere but yeah Kamala had a lot of uh, not nice things to say about Andre right.
1: Yeah he he used to carry a gun uh into the ring to face against Andre but, but they had some really great matches, and Andre was generous with Kamala in selling, and he actually let Kamala slam him. Kamala has actually one of the best slams um, on Andre, you can find that on YouTube as well. But to see the last bit of what Andre had to give as a wrestler, I would go to 83 um, Steel Cage match, uh, Philadelphia Spectrum with Big John Stud, Andre off the top rope. Obviously it had that the cage there for support, but he does come off the top rope for the big splash on studs chest. He does the same thing uh, the following year, I believe it's 84 with um, Kamala and that's in Canada. And um, and I do believe there's yeah. one more match where he does that. I have to go back and check, but those are those are some of the great things. and I even love Big slow Andre up until the end before it just got to be, you know too bad and sad. And little trivia, Bruce, before we shoot off the number one, did you know that Andre the Giant as a wrestler overlaps with Yokozuna?
0: Wow, I I did know that. Uh, just barely because Andre was still around in 94 he was doing house shows and coming he was on
1: the crutches right he was on the uh, the metal crutches yeah that was I don't think it, that wasn't 94 but Andre and and maybe I should clarify before he was Yokozuna as a wrestler he 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 overlapped with Andre and there is a match with Yokozuna, uh, he wasn't called Yokozuna then, but with Yokozuna and Andre the Giant, Andre's in poor shape. Is where where he's wearing the I think the red singlet, and he, he looks terrible. Um, but it is amazing to see because if you think about it, outside of the Big Show, the last really big guy that had a a major um, impact on the business was Yokozuna, yeah, that's and right. and to think that he was in a match, we, you know, because we don't consider that the same time period is Andre. Right. You know, that's that's the new generation was,
0: period. Was he wrestling Yokozuna as Yokozuna or was he still I forget what they called him Kokomo or something? He was yeah
1: he was about. Kokomo. Okay. But yeah so this was this was right before he became Yokozuna but the fact that he, he had a that, match I, I just it was one of those things you
0: know why I I, I zoned out for a minute because I was looking I, w- I wanted to tell the people how to find this kamala interview on youtube when right. i googled it i googled kamala voc nation it's actually on imdb as well Get <laughs> it out of an here. IMDb, it's it's an imdb page it says voc nation vault kamala talks about racism and wrestling working with andre the giant hulk hogan and more and the link is on
1: imdb and imdb pro so that's how big we were back in the day people Hey, we made ESPN with that one. That, that was a big one. Because remember that for some reason, he told the same story he told all the time. But for some reason, it made like news. I'm a marketeer. I knew how to, to put it out. Put it out you, there. Put it out you there. did it because that I was surprised that had made uh national news. But going I'm going to wrap this up cuz we'll do a whole Hulk Hogan retrospective but he's my number one. Everybody knows it. Come on guys, listen. He's the greatest wrestler of all time. He's the most entertaining wrestler. He is not boring. He's the best. He's the best. There is a reason why the business changed underneath him. What can you say about this man he is the best he had the best um the best feuds with people he elevated everybody around him um he elevated the business there is none better than hulk hogan i know that the best there is the best there was and the best there ever will be was bret hart yeah he in his own mind and he's out of and he's out of it
0: (laughs) you say you say he elevated people but there's a lot of people that say that hulk hogan destroyed people he would never put people over blah 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 why do you think that's different
1: that's ridiculous because um a number one he had the success that warranted him going over most of the time which technically he actually didn't because you know they would have the false finishes like the dqs and stuff like that or you know he'd lose some kind of way you know but um him being champion is where the business was people have to understand that in the 80s that's what we wanted we didn't mind having Hulk hogan two three four years down the line as champion people were fine with that but the wwf was smart enough to change that up but you think about wrestling as a whole, Bruce, and you have to look at the industry. And that's what we'll talk about when we do the retrospective. But um, Jake the Snake had a videotape out in the 80s. He had his own posters. He uh, was in the WrestleFest video game. Yeah, The British Bulldogs had their own videotape. Um, they have toys. Some of the first wrestling toys, major marketed wrestling toys, the list goes down the line. Terry Funk appeared. We know wrestlers could have appeared in movies, you know, independent of Hulk Hogan. And, you know, Andre did a lot of TV prior to Hulk Hogan in the 70s. You know, he was on um, Six Million Dollar Man. He played Bigfoot, which is which is really great. They actually did a figure of that, which I do own. Um, but. The things exploded differently for everybody when Hulk Hogan came on the scene because Terry Funk was in the movie in the 80s. Jesse Ventura started getting calls. And and we know Jesse's career. I mean, Roddy started doing movies. Roddy did the first wrestling movie. Yeah. Him and um Roddy Slam. Yeah, 1986. That was even before No Holds Barred you know, so he elevated everybody, uh, you know, with them doing the rock and connection. You look at all the wrestlers that appeared in cartoons. I mean, you know, Nikolai Volkov is in a cartoon. (laughs) The Iron Sheik is in a cartoon. And and when you consider, when we do the review in retrospective, when we talk about what it meant to have a huge, long-lasting presence on the shelf for 80s kids' attention, it's unreal that the WWF lasted and thrived the way it did, and it and it is centrally, res you know, and solely responsible due to Hulk Hogan that success. And I don't know if I said that correctly. It all sounded pretty jumbled, but. It, it's primarily due to Hulk Hogan and we can discuss Hogan events because that combination is what made it happen. And no man is a you know a star unto himself. It it took a lot of people and, and the product was great, but having more eyes gave people more eyes on the undercard as well, because people watched the whole thing and they found people that they liked as well. You know, my mother is funny because looking back, she was in some ways ahead of the curve. She was a Hogan fan, but she really liked macho and she really liked Bret Hart. And both of them um, have really big dedicated fandoms today. But, you know, my mother started out as a Hulkamaniac. He was the attraction to get her into wrestling. And then from there, she grew to, you know, find other wrestlers that she liked, even though Hawk was always the man. And it was like that for everybody. And it, it you know, Saturday night's main event, you know, he wasn't up there wrestling himself. There were other people on the cards, you know? So when, when, when eight, 10 million people were tuning in you know for hulk hogan they also got to watch a bunch of other people so hogan is always going to be my number one um i find his matches and his feuds um unbelievably entertaining not all of them i don't like everything i mean there are some signature things that you know one of the things we have to talk about that actually i do not like and i mean it gets under my skin I love when he does the ear thing. Like, I love it. You go to each side of the the ring and put your ear up and the crowd goes nuts. I love it. But I hated when he started doing it, and I hate it to this day, when he would stand right in the center and go around in a circle really fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I hated that. (laughs) I hated that. You know, so I'm not a, and there's a, there's a bunch of other stuff that I I don't like. We can talk about some of the WCW days, you know, when they were fighting the, they were fighting in that two tiered steel cage. It was the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. You know, so I don't like everything, but there is, there there still is between Hogan and my number two, which is Andre. There's a deep, wide chasm. It's it, it's big, wide, and deep, and and I love Hulk Hogan for everything big, wide and deep okay that's right. all right <laughs> all right so yeah that wrapping up that's my top five macho heman atlas andre hogan Boom. it's funny working with
0: you and and for people that have never done this before or you never done radio of any kind it working with you is such a challenge because i sat you know i time the show i sit here and i write notes and i I try to pace it out. I try to understand where I'm going to put commercials in because I post produced the show afterwards. Right. And I, I wrote down like 33 minutes because we're at about 35 minutes now. And I wrote down 33 thinking that you were going to wrap this up. You were heading towards a closure on Hogan. So I wrote down 33 ready to put the seconds down. I'm like, I'll put a commercial right after he's done with Hogan. And then you just kept going. And I'm, if you notice, I just got silent because I was just waiting for the spot to pause, and I had to just throw a line in there, and then that got you off. That that's 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 how that that's how, that's why we're supposed to work together. Very passionate, brother. There we go, brother. Okay, Uh so running that down, it's Macho Man Randy Savage, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Tony Atlas, Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan. Right? You got it. All right. So my list, and and this is why mine's not going to take that long. I have some of these people on the list, but mine is, I think, a little bit more. I'm a man of all generations. I'm well-rounded.
1: Let's hear this.
0: All right. Number five. And we'll talk more about this uh, next week on the next show. But number five was just, just recently returned to the WWE on SmackDown. Was it on SmackDown? No, it was on Raw. He interrupted Jinder Mahal, former WWE champion. And by the way, did you see this feud? Uh, Tony Khan uh, from AEW is fighting with the world over Jinder Mahal having a WWF championship match, WWE championship match.
1: I have heard about it, but I've not followed it. Uh, He's I He's mean, so it's...
0: upset that that like he had a title match with this guy, Hook, who's Taz's son. And everybody's like making fun of the fact that this kid who looks like he's 160 pounds is getting a world title shot, and uh, and then Tony's like, "Well, why aren't you making fun of Jinder Mahal who hasn't won a match in a year?"
1: <laughs> okay, so you caught me up to speed, and and now now I'm remembering. Well, that that's the thing. From AEW, is everything wrong in wrestling today? It it's it. I remember. when When they choreographed dance Bruce it's disgusting I mean it is really disgusting I remember hearing about AEW they popped up I'm like oh good competition is good you know this will you know break from the norm and I could not believe it was WWE on steroids though it was more over the top than WWE everybody in every match was flipping and flopping and I was disgusted and but I have not- storylines
0: like that's what it is. It's all just like, oh, this person's going to be in a match with this person. And it's like they just flip around the ring and like the fans don't even care
1: who wins, they just like the flips. It's nonsense. And that's why wrestling is in the crapper. And from what I hear, and I don't know, I'm just saying, I hear the AEW is struggling now. And yeah, they are, they, they came on with a bang because people were tired of like the
0: Vince McMahon WWE was getting tiresome. Right. And they needed the competition, I think, to create some like now you have people jumping back and forth. It's kind of like the old days and the golden age is coming back. And you see WWE's product has elevated so high in the last couple of years with Triple H in charge and and uh, Cody coming back. Like there's there's an air of competition. And I think that has elevated the game. But I can't. I used to watch AEW, Ken Resnick, and I used to talk about it every week here on Wrestling with History years ago. But. I can't stand it. I mean it was supposed to be a realistic product, you know, more NWA style
1: and it's it's just terrible. It's like New Japan with without Japanese guys. Right. Well, that's the thing. It I heard that it was going to be a return to form and all I saw was nonsense. And I to be honest with you, it looked like an extreme version of the WWE, which I already did not like at the time. I thought the WWE is too extreme and I mean it still is. I I saw a clip the other day where some guy bench-pressed another wrestler with one hand and I'm like, it doesn't even mean anything anymore. They've completely ruined any, the, the weight of a spot or doing something amazing because it they've all just have overexploited it. Like and how- so, yeah. And so, but, but getting back, CM Punk is- No, where- no, it's The Rock, The Rock. Wait a minute, who? Number
0: five is The Rock. He came back on Raw. <laughs> on, you're the wrong guy. And we never got to the person. I started, I went down the Tony Khan Jinder Mahal route, and I never got there. It's see, the when Rock. you when you said return, I'm thinking see <laughs> him okay, so the good. latest return was The Rock, who remember he came back and he's he asked the fans who whether he should sit at in a booth at the restaurant. Or at the head of the table, and and obviously Namar, that's leading towards a match at WrestleMania. But we'll talk about that later. We'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, but The Rock is my number five, and I didn't think tell me why though that. Well, you know, you'll see the rest of my list. I think that The Rock was a is a generational talent. He on, honestly he could be he could be number two or number one. I think he's one of the biggest stars of all time. The biggest stars, period. If you look at his movie career, he's by far the biggest box office star as a wrestler ever, right. and he's one of the biggest box office stars of our lifetime. I think he is. He is what you think about. He's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, uh, Arnold was that the Rock of the eighties, you know? So I, I just feel like. He has the it factor. He can control the audience better than almost anybody on the microphone and just an entertaining person. And I always enjoyed him except for that period of time when Hogan came back and they were working so hard to put the rock over Hogan. This is back in WrestleMania 18. You remember that? Right. And people started to boo the rock because they were so, they you know, they were so happy
1: Hulk Hogan had come back to the WWE. Right. Yeah. That was a big controversial thing. We have to discuss that again at a later date because uh, you watched that live, right? Uh, Back in like back in that time period. Right. You watched it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I didn't see it live. So you would have, I heard about it and knew what to expect. So even though you weren't there, you watched it live. So I'll have to pick your brain on what that was like. And you have to, you know, probably try to pull up the recesses, uh, you know, of memories that have been logged far away. So that, uh, you know, to really tell me, because I'm curious to really feel what it was like to have watched that go down live. But The Rock, and this is what I'll give you. The, The Rock is definitely, in terms of movie and celebrity, he is the most famous wrestler turned movie actor that's for sure and i absolutely um enjoy the rock movies actually i like him as an actor more than i did as a wrestler um i love black adam i think that's a masterpiece i don't care what anybody says and you know i hopefully one day i'll be able to discuss it I, i love that movie he has a couple of movies that i've really enjoyed and um, and The Rock is great, man. He really he really is a talent. He really is. I mean, like you said, he can hold the audience, and he's one of the funniest guys on the mic too. Like that's you right. said, that's right. So Rock number
0: five on my list. Yes. Okay. The number four is also just made a recent return to the WWE, and and this person, I don't know why I have. I think like for me. I used to say when I, when I watched, I'm a huge sports fan. And part of the reason I became a sports fan was because of the, the announcers, you know, in the, as a Mm. Phillies fan, I was uh, loved Harry Callis. I love uh, the, the announcers now, Scott Fransky, uh, not Tom McCarthy a little bit, but Merrill Reese for the Eagles, even though he sued me at one point in my life. Um,
1: Didn't know (laughs) that either.
0: You did, you did, you did. We were at the station when I had my final show on that station. And Merrill re-sued you because of that? He owned that station, yeah. It was uh, it's a whole oh. thing. Oh, okay. I better, I, I better, <laughs> we better move on. Okay. Uh, but we ended up at WNJC and we had a great, great time and for at least a couple of years. But anyway, uh, so those were the reasons I, I often wondered when I was an adult, if I liked sports as much as I just liked the announcing that's that was the thing. And with wrestling, I think it's the same thing, but only entrances and theme music. Mm. And I think that there's so many wrestlers that if you put like Hulk Hogan, if Hulk Hogan came out to a generic theme song, I don't think it would have the impact. I think Eye of the Tiger and then Real American were were part of the show. Like that, that did it. I mean, his look and feel were one thing, but I think the theme music made part of that. And and with this guy, CM Punk, Cold of Personality. Remember, CM Punk when he first started in WWE's version of ECW, and then he did the thing with the the um edge society he had generic theme music and it was i mean he just was a mid-card wrestler to me was just another guy when he did that that pipe bomb interview you know the 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 quote-unquote shoot in the middle of the ramp and and he used cold of personality everything changed and and i think when that music hits that place explodes like almost like like Hogan. I mean, it's, it's, it's powerful. Did you see when he came back at
1: survivor series? Did you see that clip? No, surprisingly, I have not taken the time to go look at it and I will definitely do so. But you're right, Bruce. And I have to co sign because that was what I had actually met CM Punk. I forget what event I went to. And he was a low card guy. I didn't even know who he was, but a, the guy that I was friends with at the time, he knew him and he wanted a picture with him. So I actually got a picture with CM Punk. And I remember they were, uh, Lashley was there. And, um, and was that the show that we all went to after one of the,
0: we went to an indie show in Philadelphia. Was that? Was that one of the shows that we got invited to?
1: And, no, this uh, was an official WWE show. Oh, and WWE, I, okay. Yeah, I, this was before we were doing the show. Oh, I got you. Okay. So that was my introduction to, to Punk. But when we were doing the show was his rise to fame. So yeah. I actually, I got to live that. And he was, I remember he he sucked me in just as well. I remember being excited for him at the time. He was my favorite wrestler. I think I liked him and Dolph Ziggler, and um, and 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 there were a couple of other ones, but he definitely stood out. He was uh, a favorite, and I enjoyed his matches. So I think CM Punk is definitely one of the best. Um, I know a lot of people think he's a crybaby and a lot of other things, but he still is pretty tops for me. And and like you said, he is from an era uh, that was really enjoyable for us watching the matches that was a that was a nice boom in wrestling at that time that's
0: right that's right okay all right CM Punk number four on my list we'll talk a lot more about him in the next show when we we run down the the two returns and I think that'll be it. We'll have some fun next week on Wrestling with History. Remember, stay up to date with all of Wrestling with History's going-ons. Go follow us on X Twitter at voc. You can also uh, go to vocnation.com and you'll see all of the VOC Nation programming, including all of ours. You can go back in the archives and hear the old shows with Ken Resnick and Bill Apter. If you've tuned in because you saw on Twitter, you still see their faces on the, the uh, graphic and you're hoping to hear Ken or Bill, I'm sorry, I feel bad for you not not because they're not here but i feel bad for you <laughs> i'm just kidding i love ken you get it <laughs> it was hard not to okay okay we're going to move on here uh let's <laughs> number 3 and and again theme music but when he was the ringmaster it just it was just another guy when that glass breaking happened stone cold (laughs) steve austin tore up the wrestling world and you can say whatever you want you know wcw gave up on this guy but if if you put like anybody in that that black trunks black boots you know, you gave him that personality or the character to play. And and listen, I, no doubt that is that is Steve Austin amplified, right? It's his, his personality turned up the dial. But I think if Vince created that character or, or WWE created that character with the combination of the music and the attitude and Steve Austin did an amazing job playing that out. But I think that Austin would not
1: have been who he was in WCW absolutely yeah and to be honest with you he definitely is on the number two of the mount rushmore there's no denying it and i think that um one of the things when you talk about austin like you said the whole thing the show is the the glass breaks he comes out with an attitude and no matter how rough and gruff he is you're going to get an entertaining show, and you are going to laugh, and you're going to cheer, and, and he will—he will always give it to you. Um, His comedy, I think Bruce is—is is, we don't do people talk about his comedy enough.
0: No, I—I th- well, I think it's more about the the badass part of it, but the okay. comedy, yeah, he's—he's he's funny. I mean, the whole what thing that he did for a while, <laughs> yeah, he's. He- He's great. And did you watch? I, I know you don't watch the new stuff, but did you watch WrestleMania in Dallas when he wrestled Kevin Owens a couple of years ago?
1: Absolutely not.
0: He <laughs> Came back. He did a whole comeback, and he actually wrestled Kevin Owens. Uh, it wasn't supposed to be a match, but it was a match. And then he wrestled Vince one more time. Seventy-five <laughs> year old Vince McMahon. It was. It was great. It was
1: the. It was the swan song for both of them. Well, you know, I do hear through the grapevine whenever one of the um, attitude era oldies pops up, and uh, and we're living it now with The Rock at WrestleMania. He's going to get programmed right in, and you know, you went to, didn't you? See The Rock when he came back versus John Cena? Didn't you attend that WrestleMania? I did. With with we did we did
0: the whole promo. Remember uh, at right. we did uh, we took Malcolm Watson to
1: WrestleMania, right? The- so
0: guy yeah. sassy <laughs> Steffi.
1: Yeah, see, see, I thought they were, you know, that that would have been the last ride, but apparently it, it was not. But um, with 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 Stone Cold Bruce, you're the, the comedy. Um, one of the things that's circulating on social media now is a clip of him where he stuns Sergeant Slaughter and Vince is in the ring. The, the crowd is, is, is just going nuts. And then he starts doing pushups and and (laughs) sit-ups and it's the funniest, most insane thing you've ever seen in your life. And it just, and you just, there's no, Austin is hands down, Bruce, the number two guy, you cannot deny it. You cannot change it in terms of popularity as a wrestler. See the rock while he was a, he's a contender. The Rock is a bigger movie star than he is a bigger wrestling star. Stone Cold is a bigger wrestling star and he definitely is the number two. And he really just, um, I, and that's one of my biggest regrets is that I did not watch enough of the Attitude Era. I used to because I have a lot of old tapes, but I really faded out long before I should have and I see clips and stuff and I just I'm just thinking like man I really missed a lot more Austin than um than I realized and it actually it it actually is a daunting task to think about trying to go back and trying to watch some of the angles and stuff that I missed because wrestling is 24-7 uh 365 well not 24 3 but you know it's, it's yeah, yearly it's always and, on. right so it's hard to go back into yeah, unless you really know what you're looking for, but it's it's hard to go back, especially with weekly programming. But um, yeah, Austin definitely number two, great pick. So, and, and he's not
0: my number three. You're number two of all time, right? I know what you're saying. Not my number right. three. You mentioned yeah. Sergeant Slaughter, and how about Sergeant Slaughter made a whole career out of mimicking the Bill after comb over. <laughs> <laughs> but Sergeant Slaughter had that bald head and comb over since he was probably like 25 years old absolutely he he's all anyway so so number three he looked so, like a middle-aged man in 84 he did he did well J- john tenta was like that too earthquake you know when earthquake came on the scene in the 1989 i think it's 89 or 90 he was 25 or 26 years old he looked like he was 40 he did, he did. <laughs>
1: both of those men were eternally old nice. great athletes but yeah, Sarge, when you look at back at, at those, those 83, 84 Sarge's Slaughter matches, and you're just like, wow, dude, you have always looked like you were near retirement. <laughs> he so, was probably the problem
0: of his life. So my final two, um, and and this is not hard at all, two of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, number two, Don Morocco. Number one, uh, Cowboy Bob Orton. That's and... what I'm talking about. <laughs> number two, honky tonk man. Number one, Jimmy Hart.
1: Hey, baby, it's all good, buddy. Shake, rattle, and roll, y'all.
0: No, no. number two, I'll, I'll say them both together because, um, you know, we were supposed to record two episodes tonight. And of course, we get to one because we spent 25 minutes on Tony Atlas. But. <laughs> 25 minutes on Tony Atlas, The Rock gets three minutes and 40 seconds. I don't understand it. Uh, Number two and number one. Number two, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Number one, Hulk Hogan. And we've talked about this last week and and some this week. I think mostly last week. But I think they both deserve near equal footing because – I used to say this on the radio all the time. I don't believe that Hulk Hogan would be the star that he is without the antagonist that Bobby the brain Heenan was. And if you look at all of the antagonists out there and, and I, we love Jimmy Hart and Jimmy is Hulk Hogan's best buddy too. Uh, again, right. But, but Bobby, when they wanted to get somebody over to go up against Hogan, they always used Heenan. And and the 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 example is the biggest example is 86, WrestleMania 2, in the height of the popularity, they took away
1: Jimmy Hart from King Kong Bundy and they gave him to Heenan. Right. Well, listen, you can't deny how masterful Heenan was in everything he did for wrestling. Yeah. He really was a great worker. Um, if if work rate is your interest when when he was a wrestler. He is unmatched on commentating. He's hilarious. Um, And he's one of the, he is the best manager. There's just, I mean, there's just, what can you say about him? The man, he is number one in terms of wrestling managers. You get no better than Bobby Heenan. Yeah. Did you see, hold on. Did you see, I believe this is still on YouTube. Somebody took out the, they just took out Bobby Heenan, where he's ragging on the Hart family. So there was some pay per view event <laughs> where Stu was there with the wife and, and Brett and Owen and a couple of the other brothers, Bruce and you know, all of those guys. And Bobby Heenan is doing commentating. And Bruce, he just never lets up. <laughs> and every joke is funnier than the last joke. I mean, he rips into Stu. <laughs> And, and his wife, I mean, it is hilarious. Bobby Heenan is, what can you say, man? What can you honestly even say? He's the best. We used to run a little bit, I, I and I've always
0: been a Hogan fan. You know, I still, to this day, I heard they were going to do, uh, possibly on Raw or SmackDown, the, the anniversary of Hogan winning the title in 1980, 84, right? January of 84, january 23rd 1984 i heard that they're going to do that um bobby heenan is um just amazing so we used to do this bit on the radio where i would always say you know bobby heenan was better than hulk hogan and i would ask our guests and you and i had some fun with that i never told you that i i I, you probably knew but of course i i was uh, more of a hogan fan but bobby heenan I I like Bobby Heenan even more now. I liked him back then, but you appreciate how good he really was at, at getting people over and he could get anybody over. They put Brooklyn brawler with him. They put Steve Lombardi with him. (laughs) Terry Taylor. Yeah. (laughs) But but did you ever hear the story about Terry Taylor saying that he was supposed to be Mr. Perfect? No. Yeah. He said, and this is Bruce. Richard on something to Russell jokes about and Connie, they joke about this box of gimmicks and Terry Taylor said, there's like a box of gimmicks. And, you know, he was supposed to get the Mr. Perfect gimmick and not the red rooster gimmick. And he would have been like this huge star and Kurt Hennig got it instead. And Bruce's Bruce Pritchard says that that's, that's not true. And, and he, he has not very many
1: good things to say about Terry Taylor, but. You know, Terry Taylor is an, is an amazing character in wrestling lore because he is a very talented work rate guy i mean he can wrestle but he's there's something missing from his persona and that just doesn't get over with people and he had one of the worst gimmicks which was the red rooster i mean that's absurd but talk about a survivor yeah and how he's managed to stay in wrestling from a management standpoint, yeah, he's that turd that doesn't doesn't go down, stays on the <laughs> top of the bowl. Oh, you're vicious. <laughs> I'm just I don't even know. I don't. But, you know, know, but but you, you say you about. say hold on, but you say Hogan is your number one, but you can't. I don't believe that. I do not believe that sincerely. I think you say that out mm-hmm. of your childhood feelings, but I can't or point to anything that would lead me to believe that like how would you convince me who knows you that hogan is your number one you know
0: the thing that i if i were you and i showed you these uh, matches i used to make when i was a kid right i used to be a matchmaker and i would use my wrestling toys and you you said you didn't recognize some of the names on the sheet because i renamed the people that i didn't like to play with and i renamed hulk hogan mike timberland Uh, (laughs) i don't know why That was his name, though. And he was the champion, but
1: he was Mike Timberlake. Another story for another day. So, yeah, I don't think you're really... Like, we know I'm a diehard Hogan fan, but I don't think you are a diehard Hogan fan. I don't think he really is your number one. All right, we'll debate that a different time. Wrestling with History,
0: follow us on X at WWHVOC. Follow VOC Nation at VOC Nation. And make sure you give us a five-star rating. Review us. Uh, just just this show like don't judge don't judge voc nation on the other stuff that's on there <laughs> brady <laughs> i'm just kidding brady does a good job with with his show we like everybody we like every but but don't judge just judge it on us okay if you don't like anything else just give us a five star if you like what we bring to the table okay all right um that's it namar anything else <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, you know most of the time I'm joking right uh, um except for Bill most of the time I'm joking uh but but you know I get myself in trouble and then I I end up I end up in hot water with people I don't want to fight with Brady again. I fought with Brady for like five years of my life he's he's a friend yes <laughs> follow VOC nation on Twitter. Like us, subscribe, whatever the heck it is on iTunes and Spotify. And Namar and I will see you next week when we talk about, That four weeks later, we'll talk about the returns <laughs> of CM Punk and The Rock worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Bye, Namar.
1: See ya. <laughs>